0: Your whole body is a fine-tuned machine that everything has to work in sync to do the volume that we're talking about. We're not talking about a two-hour workout here. We're talking about six, seven, eight hours at a time at some pretty high intensities. It's a lot on the body and people underestimate just because they feel good today and tomorrow that they're ready during the weekend or whenever in three, four days to do it again. And no, it takes longer. Our fitness allows us to overcome things that we really aren't familiar with. And the best way to compensate for that is to be extra fit for it and extra prepared and also rested.
1: That's Chris Houth with special guest Caroline Burkle. And this is The Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. My name is Rich Roll. That is my real name. People ask me that all the time. They're like, did you adopt some kind of stage name? No, this is my God-given name, Rich Roll. Been living with it my whole life. In any event, I am your host. Welcome or welcome back to my podcast and another edition of Coach's Corner. This is a little series I started a while back to delve a little bit deeper into the physical, mental, and emotional aspects of sport, fitness, training, and lifestyle with my coach, Chris Health, uh, my longtime coach. And what's interesting about this is that I originally thought that these conversations, which can be a bit personal with respect to my specific training and mentorship under Chris, would end up being a bit niche as we get fairly granular on things I thought perhaps the average listener would not be all that interested in or intrigued by. But much to my surprise, these episodes have been quite popular. Uh, you seem to really be enjoying them, so I'm going to keep doing them, and that is what today is all about. For those that are new or newer to the show, Chris Houth is a former Olympic swimmer and world-class triathlete. In 2006, Chris won the Ironman Coeur and went on to be the first American amateur and fourth overall American at the Ironman World Championships in Kona. Chris now exclusively runs his coaching program AIMP for athletes across the country and around the globe. Uh, And it's not just limited to triathletes. He's coached Western states top finishers, Ultraman winners, and plenty of swimmers towards age group nationals and Olympic trials. So whether you're an elite or just starting out, this guy knows what he's talking about and he gets results and he gets them the right way. I've been under Chris's wing since 2008. And I can honestly say that I would have never been able to accomplish the things that I have athletically without his coaching mentorship and deft guiding hand. Uh, Also joining us today, albeit briefly, is uh, my buddy, Caroline Burkle. Besides being a total character, uh, Burks is a former Olympic medalist in swimming and now works as a personal development coach guiding young athletes. Uh, She swam at the University of Florida where she was a 23-time All-American and won two individual NCAA titles in the 200 free and the 500 free. She was named the 2008 NCAA Female Swimmer of the Year. She also broke the oldest then-standing women's NCAA record in the 500 free. Uh, That must have been held by Janet Evans. I'm not sure. But she swam a 433, which is absolutely insane. And she's also a bronze medalist in the 4x200 free relay at the 2008 Olympics. Caroline then went on to earn a master's of science in sports psychology and motor behavior from the University of Tennessee. And now when she's not out training like a crazy person, uh, she works in depth and intimately with young athletes under Rise Elite Athletes, which is a company that she founded that pairs Olympic athletes, a whole battery of Olympic athletes with young athletes for mentorship and guidance. And I think that's just such a cool... Great idea. I certainly wish something like that was available when I was a young athlete. In any event, like I said, she's a total character, super fun, an incredible athlete, and uh, a definite value add to this conversation. Again, albeit briefly, but I do intend to bring her back on and have a full podcast episode with her in the near future. In any event, I'll explain the context of this conversation in a second, but first. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but basically you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. Okay, so this conversation with Chris and Caroline is a bit on the shorter side compared to my usual conversation. I thought I'd take the time to share another email from a fan. This is from somebody named Kelly, and Kelly writes, Rich, I just wanted to email and thank you for the work that you do. I'm sure you get these a lot, but hope you find some of my comments encouraging. My wife and I, her name is Kelly too. Yes, we are Kelly and Kelly. I don't know how that works in your family. That's got to drive you crazy at times. Uh, I can't imagine. In any event, we adopted a plant-based diet about four months ago. We have always been... What we thought was healthy, but this has taken things to a new level, and it is sustainable. I am exercising not out of need, but because it's fun. Nothing hurts anymore outside of the normal good for your muscle soreness. I'm on the verge of coming up with some crazy goal that I hope fits into being a husband, raising three kids, and running a company. My wife makes fun of me now, as I have replaced my man crush on Bobby Flay, the meat grilling guy on the Food Network, with one for Rich Roll. Um, touched. I'm honored. Your podcasts have been a great way for me to think through a number of things. My health impact on my community and the world, focus, et cetera. The content is so rich. Sorry to be cheesy with the pun there. No worries. Uh, My wife and I were a big part of my wife's brother's story. That's a mouthful. Helping him get sober. Your story of how your psychologist gave you the ultimatum has so many parallels to how I handled the last days before he got to rehab. I smiled ear to ear reading the story and Finding Ultra. He lives in a guest house out back now, and he's doing amazingly well. Hearing your stories on AA and sobriety have helped us understand his world even better. He's getting there, ongoing plant-based, and soon, we hope. I have a heart for those in recovery with several working for me. I am now to the point where I think the world should follow some form of the 12 Steps. I agree with you on that, Kelly. Uh, speaking of my office, since I went plant-based, four others have joined me. So many things to share, but I know your time uh, for reading this is limited. On and on. Uh, thank you, Kelly. That's amazing. Really appreciate you taking the time to reach out and share uh, a bit of your story with me. And I, I just love that. People uh, get inspired by the content that I put out, but also it's about when they actually make the changes, they implement the knowledge, they do the hard part. That's what inspires me. That's my fuel. And then to see that get passed on to other people and that domino effect occur, I mean, that is just, there's nothing better. So in any event, uh, congrats, Kelly. Keep rocking. Your turn to inspire. Okay. So if you follow me on Instagram or you listen to my most recent episode with Aubrey Marcus, then you know that I was up in Lake Tahoe last week for a brief but productive altitude training camp with both Chris and Caroline in preparation for Otillo, this swim run ultra uh, that I'm getting ready to compete in, in just, I think it's going to be 18 days from the date of posting this podcast. It's essentially an eight or nine hour race. About, I don't know, 40 plus transitions between swimming and running in the archipelago uh, south of Stockholm, very cold water, tiny island hopping. It's like an adventure race. I'm super uh, excited about it. I'm also intimidated. I'm humbled by the challenge. I'm a little bit afraid. Uh, And I don't know. This is a conversation about all of that. Uh, The training camp was super fun. It was very, very hard and also quite instructive in terms of helping me uh, acclimate to the level of suffering that I'm soon going to be enduring. In any event, after a full training day last Friday, we all sat down to hash it out and what follows is the results of that exchange. So we talk about o uh, the gear challenges, we got all this crazy gear we gotta wear and how do we manage all of that? How do we run in custom wetsuits with our, our you know, how do we swim in running shoes? How do we run carrying hand paddles? Uh, we talk about the unexpected heat. It was intended to be a cold water acclimation experience, but the water was pretty warm and it was like 80 degrees out in Lake Donner. Uh, so we talk about that. Uh, we talk about the level of patience required to excel at endurance sports, uh, the benefits of training and entering a race with a partner, a teammate. Uh, and we talked to Caroline about training and overtraining. Uh, and injury and injury prevention. Uh, Again, it's a short one, but it's great. And I hope you enjoy the listen.
0: Dude, I'm exhausted. Yeah, it was a a fun day. It was a learning experience. But the good thing is, is that uh, you went through the same struggles that I did the first time I came up here by myself. Uh And sort of went through the motions. I was alarmed about, All the things that you experienced, I experienced the the first time and I was worried too.
1: Yeah, well let's uh, provide a little context. We're up in uh, Lake Tahoe, uh, Donner Lake to be specific for a 48-hour training camp. And today, so we're at 6,000 feet of altitude. I can't tell you the last time I've been up in altitude, let alone trained at altitude. And today we put in an epic day of training, of swim run. Uh, It was the first time that we've, we've trained together except that one other time but but the first time that we trained together in the wetsuits with the running shoes on with the paddles with the whole shebang in uh what was supposed to be cold water yeah <laughs> a little cold acclimation uh and we trained from like i don't know six thirty to one thirty or something like that 10 different swim run segments all over donner lake
0: mm-hmm yeah. And so break it down. What did we do? Do you remember? Well, we started off with a three-mile swim, close to three-mile swim across the lake from one end to the other, basically, almost the full length. And then we ran back to where we started. Then three we... Three miles. Yeah. We did a shorter r- swim, which was supposed to be a little shorter, but I got lost on time. And next thing you know, it was actually a 35-minute swim mm-hmm. versus... Uh, um, Just a one-mile swim, and then we ran once around the lake, which is approximately seven miles. And then it started getting hot. Yeah, that was the first time. And then we threw in another few short swims with a few short runs, and then we finished it up with another long run around the lake.
1: Right. It's about that was about was that five four? I can't remember how long that final run was. Oh, it was six miles. Oh, is it six? Because we swam part of it. Yeah. Right,
0: We swam part of it because we jumped in on that one end, swam to the beach, mm-hmm. and then jumped out and started running.
1: Right. <clears throat> and we're both wearing these prototype Roka wetsuits that are cut off just above the knee and have full length on the sleeves, zip down the front, which is unusual for a, wet, for a wetsuit, have pockets on both um, both quads where you can put a little nutrition or whatever you want. And we both had pull buoys strapped to our thighs with surgical tubing. And so this is how we swam with the paddles, with the pole buoys, with the shoes on the whole time, getting out of the water and then running with all this, <laughs> this gear in what quickly turned into 80 degree weather, running in wetsuits at altitude <laughs> around Donner Lake. And it, was, it started out comical, then it became uh, excruciatingly painful, at least, for, at least for me. I know you felt good, but I was chasing your ankles all day long. F-
0: flat. It was black wetsuit. So in that sun, and then you had a swim cap on the whole time yeah, too. I did. So that made it extra hot. I finally had to tell you, Check take that off. swim the cap off while you're running. Yeah,
1: it was rough, man. I, you know, I've been doing plenty of swim runs in the pool and, you know, and, and doing it in, in hot weather, you know, in Los Angeles, upwards of a hundred, 105, this was a totally different deal. Like at home, I actually feel good running out of the pool I can easily throw down, you know, 715, 730 pace with a, you know, with a rational heart rate anywhere between 132 to 140. But today I was struggling to run 830 miles with a heart rate that was just skyrocketing, you know, like in the 160, like I never get my heart rate up that high. It was crazy. So I presume that that is a factor of the 34 mile run that I did like two days ago, the altitude uh, the heat and running in a wetsuit with all this gear, I'm hoping, but it was, it was tough, man. It was definitely eye-opening for me and a little bit of an awakening and I'm a little scared.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, we also shocked the system pretty hard. You just got back from an international trip, time change, sleep and all that. Mm -hmm. And then we right away threw you into a five hour run, run, which turned out to be 34 miles for you. Um, And then 48 hours later, we're here at Altitude, so we've never settled you and given you a time to absorb the load that we've been giving you. So yeah, I mean, a lot happened today, but I think it was a really good experience for you too. Also to see those numbers, know you can continue, suffer a little bit, which is what we will be doing there. And it's good for the headspace too.
1: Yeah. Uh, Normally, I would not have taken a two-week adventure (laughs) literally a month out from a huge race like this, but that's just life. And I went to Ireland, and I was in Portland, and I did my best to try to maintain some semblance of training when I was traveling, but it's not like it is at home, of course. So, I came back, you know, lacking some fitness. I mean, maybe absorbing the fitness, the, the training that I had put in prior to that, but... Really kind of taking a break in the middle of you yeah. know what should have been a really intense period of ramping up. So my longest run prior to those trips was about two hours and 40 minutes. And normally I would have stepped it up. You always have me step it up like three hours, three and a half, four, four and a half, up to five. But I went from that two and a half hour, came back from my trip and threw down a five hour run. You know, without that kind of buildup, I mean, I can do it, but it's going to rattle me. You know, much more than it would have had I more responsibly uh, you know, acclimated to that kind of load.
0: Yeah, and uh, in comparison for the last few weeks I have been doing right, that. Right, you have been up, doing that. Right. And I've also had some recovery in between but I did the three and a half then the four and a half and so then the five two days ago because we synced up our training plans right. this week so that we come in exactly with the same load, same training and so on so that we could mimic everything here just right. And yeah, I, you know, it's a different process for me. Right. And, you know, also out of fairness, I've been doing this for years now, long runs. And you're sort of building into this realm. I mean, when's the last time you did a 34-mile run? Oh, man.
1: I mean, I don't even right. know. I was having some, like, uh, niggles and stuff ramping up to Ultraman 2011, and running was challenging for me. So I don't even know if I put in, like, a 40-mile run prior to that race. So I think it's been 2009 was the last time I put in, like, big-time runs. So yeah, been, you might have a recovery drying. week next week. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I know. <laughs> just to absorb well, the shock to the system that we just did.
1: We're three weeks out. A couple observations on today. The first thing is, I thought the whole pull, bu- pull buoy strapped to the quad thing was going to be a pain in the butt and get in the way and just be annoying. But actually, it was no big deal. Uh, totally comfortable with that. And the idea of swimming with shoes and then running in wet shoes with socks, I was concerned about that. but. Um, we both found shoes that seemed to work well with our feet, and it, that didn't bother me at all. I was surprised about that. The thing I think I was most surprised beyond what I already said, just, you know, being it being as difficult as it was today, um, was how hot. I, I was getting like the 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 rubber on this wetsuit, especially around the quads, is super thick, and it was a hot day out. And it's unbelievable how overheated you get running. I mean, it's like who runs in a wetsuit? Nobody does that. It's like yeah. that's what wrestlers do to lose
0: weight to make yeah. weight. You know what I mean? It's I like was insane. thinking that a few times yeah. today as we were running around the lake. Some of those people must have been looking at us. Are those guys trying to lose weight or right. something? Yeah, it's funny. Uh,
1: There's a loop around Donner Lake, and this is high season. There's a lot of people here on vacation, et cetera. People are out paddle, you know, on their paddle boards and boating and running and biking and all that kind of stuff. And here's two guys running down the street in wetsuits, holding, holding bright orange hand paddles in their hands while, while they're with the, running with
0: a boy strapped to their leg yeah,
1: stri- and I'm wearing a swim cap, you know, brightly. It's like, I thought we'd get a lot more like strange looks than we did. Yeah, and people man, are like, yeah. whatever, I yeah. guess, you know, maybe that's just the vibe out here in Truckee, but yeah. And i anyway. am used
0: to seeing a lot of triathletes up here from the years of the Ironman up here. And so, A lot of people asked me today probably about six are you guys training for a triathlon and so Mm -hmm. i said no actually we're doing something a little different so
1: right so uh what do we have left uh like what what do you what's your your takeaway from today what do we have to work on still i thought we had like pretty good communication I, i i was disappointed that i wasn't able to hold pace with you at least on the swimming and you know maybe that's just you know for the reasons we've already stated but um overall i feel like our communication is good like we're in sync i just have to bridge that gap a little bit more i think over the next three weeks
0: yeah and i'm not really too worried about your fitness come the day because we just needed that day we didn't need it today um the good communication yeah and i think we also have a good unspoken language of knowing that when you need something or when you don't (laughs) and no that worked well today i Mm -hmm. would say the thing that um we both noticed was the hand paddles too how much harder it is getting back in yeah and then using those muscles after just having swum a lot of course we stacked our day a little bit differently nobody's going to be doing a three mile swim to start otillo right right that's we basically did half the distance right to start off of the full otillo distance so um but still it it is eye opening how you have to be aware of that and then i think the other thing we'll want to pay more attention to is our transitions. Mm-hmm. They were somewhat slow. Yeah. Um, and these well, were easy I transition. took my
1: cap off, and then how am I yeah. supposed to put my cap on and I'm holding these hand paddles and like trying to get yeah. my goggles on? You know, it's like, that's a mess.
0: Well, we have to just figure, I mean, with that many transitions, a minute here and there will quickly turn into an hour. Right. right? Because that, that time just adds up so often, mm-hmm. so much. And then, other than that though, it went pretty smoothly, I mean, I, I know we're both praying for that cold water. (laughs) Although I know come race day, we're not going to be praying for it. Yeah, not that cold. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, but there's just the learning of today and then applying it specifically for these next three weeks to really incorporate those last details that we'll need.
1: Mm -hmm. One of the questions that always comes up that people are asking me is like, how are you fueling these workouts? Like, what are you eating? And I, I don't often respond to those because it's kind of a boring answer like i don't overthink it too much i mean we woke up at 5 30 i had a bowl of cereal and what you know what did you you had i think you had the same yeah i had some i cereal. ate a banana yeah, i had a too. cup of coffee and right. then we went yeah. and then we had some little bars that we chewed on at a couple of the transitions and we mm-hmm. made sure that we were drinking water we used your your pickup truck as kind of a home base um, where we had some nutrition products there but it wasn't like we were carrying like I wasn't carrying nutrition with me or anything like that like it, it we kept it pretty minimal I don't think we
0: yeah stopped. we gapped it pretty well yeah. and I thought I think we also gapped it well enough in in comparison to the race because there it's going to be 45 to 60 minutes between those energy stations mm-hmm. and so I want us to be Ready to just go that long and feel a little bit of hunger and know what to grab and be prepared as we're going into that. I mean, that's the things, those are the little details where we as a team working together, it's going to be real effective because we'll be able to communicate, say what we want, know what kind of calories we're looking for going into each aid station energy station mm-hmm. and then come out of it pretty efficiently mm-hmm. um, the minutes we're spending putting on caps at transitions we might make up in those aid stations
1: yeah 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 i, I think hunter mcintyre was the person who told me he's like you just got to keep moving yeah like just keep moving because i think the tra- you're right the transitions i think are where people are stopping or you're looking for your partner or you get spaced out from that person and there's a lot of pausing and looking around and fiddling around with Your gear, and like you said, that stuff adds up. So minimizing that, I think, is going to be key. I'm a little worried about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And that's the fun thing, too. As a team, I can help you through that logistics time, right? Like, Rich, are we thinking of this? Are we doing this? We're just constantly communicating. And that'll be important with those shorter distances, 300-meter swim, Mm -hmm. 500-meter run, like that we're talking you know, and um, that we know what's coming up ahead. Not that we know the distances or what island it is, but that we know what we're getting ourselves. All right, we got a short swim here. Let's really try to stretch it out, push a little bit, and then recover on that next longer island. Mm. Well, we're in hour three right now. We still wanna hold back here a little bit. Nutrition fueling is going well, we're well hydrated. Our strategy is X, and therefore, this is what we're gonna do for the next 45 minutes no matter what the terrain or the water brings. Because we just wanna manage our energy levels pretty efficiently through the day so that we can do things faster when we're able to, when the road opens up, when the terrain allows it for us. Like you and I, bushwhacking like it will be, that's not our strength. That's where we need to get through it efficiently and not using a lot of energy. But then when the road opens up and we have some pavement or flatter trails or steady effort, then we can start pushing a little bit deeper. Right, right, right. So we've
1: been breaking open, like the, the, looking at the website and all the requirements and all the stuff we got to get. Like we got to get, we have, do we each have to carry a first aid pack? Um, I think
0: as a team, as a the team, first aid one. pack, but we each have a whistle.
1: Yeah, we have to carry a whistle. We put that around our neck, right? Yeah. And or, that's, I mean, or what, if you get into trouble, that's yeah, the for idea? for the
0: safety of uh, the, the, uh, the v- swim vessels that will come and help you. Right. And, and it's nothing guaranteed, but it just helps. And they, I mean, remember the history of this race. You used to have to carry so much safety equipment. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, when they started this race, you had to swim with a life vest, like the full ones that oh, you really? used to have on a boat right and that you had to you could barely swim because your arms are just sticking out the side and it would take the swimmers part of the race out of it because nobody can swim faster right. than that um and so they've reduced the safety gear over the years to um that whistle that first aid kit and then a compass mm-hmm.
1: yeah the compass <laughs> that's the best thing we were joking the other day at dinner like I don't even know what, like what would i even do with this like how is this going to help me like I, hey, you know, I have Siri, zero what ID do i do with the something. compass yeah, like, which ways north like i don't know what direction i'm going yeah you know if i have to break out the compass i got bigger problems
0: yeah well how about we'll just stay in one place and <laughs> yeah, wait till another yeah. team comes. i'll just blow the whistle really loud until somebody comes
1: that's that's my plan yeah so, uh, all right, so we got three weeks left. What are the, What's this window going to look like?
0: We'll start pulling back here pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely need to recover from this week. This was a big week, and it's good to just have felt that fatigue and working our way through it the way we did. I mean, going through the difficulties of a steady five hour day five and a half hour day like today is important because Mm -hmm. it just puts you back into that mindset of just keep trucking right let's just keep moving forward don't overanalyze the pace don't overanalyze the heart rate just keep moving forward right you start doing a little bit of self-talk and there's times today where on that for a reason i ran ahead of you Mm -hmm. because i wanted you to reacquaint yourself with that Um, And and that's what we'll need, where you just sort of have that silent communication of saying, you know what, we'll just give him his space and his quiet time right now. You're
1: running ahead. And then all that that means is that I start looking at my watch and I start looking at my heart rate and my pace (laughs) and start, like, flogging myself. Yeah. But um, no, that's good. I mean, yeah, obviously we've got to absorb this training and then, you know. W- then we're, we're two gonna, weeks
0: out. And right? then we got
1: to do a little refining on the speed stuff, I would exactly. imagine, and maybe exactly. work on some of the logistics around transitions and some of the technique stuff.
0: Well, there the, we'll be doing some transition stuff, some trail stuff too. I'd like to get us a little bit more familiar with the bushwhacking aspect, mm-hmm. um, which I've done some research, but I just want us to get even more Unfamiliar with it, and I say unfamiliar because it's something that you can't really prepare for that terrain over in Sweden. But at least that we've done some running through that and see what that's going to be like. I mean, that's just going off trail, basically for us.
1: So today we weren't wearing compression socks, and like I said earlier, our, our wetsuits just were capped above the knee. But with all the you know brambles and all the kind of stuff that we're going to encounter, it's been advised that we wear some form of compression sock, just so you're not getting yourself all scratched up. And I think they even have products that are like buoyant shin yeah, guards or whatever for and extra so on,
0: yeah. buoyant. i like, there's all kinds of, cra- you can go down the rabbit hole on all this kind of thing. And that's, I mean, that's overall the big picture strategy and it's been it from the very beginning that our fitness allows us to overcome things that we really aren't familiar with with this race, right? Mm-hmm. Of course we could do it this year and then try to go back next year where we have some familiarity and then you get more specific with it. But because we don't know the race, the best way to compensate for that, besides ask friends and get more input is to be extra fit for it Mm -hmm. right and extra prepared and 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 for us also rested like we don't want to waste fitness leave fitness up on a on a malibu canyon run instead of in sweden right yeah
1: i think if we have a strength it is that endurance base you know putting in those huge days and the weakness is you know unfamiliarity with the terrain and what this race is all about and just inexperience with this kind of event overall
0: yeah no,
1: but I mean that's part of the fun,
0: right? We're we're doing it as a team, yeah. and
1: and like we said from the beginning, we're doing this for fun, you yeah. guys. Like we're this not this is winning, not, it. we're not winning this. I mean, like we're competitive people. We're gonna we're gonna try to you know do the best that we can and like be in the hunt and all that kind of good stuff, but. You know or not delusional, and you know had had this performance go like had that been my you know on my radar like I wouldn't have gone to Ireland I wouldn't have done these yeah. i would have I would have had a different kind of focus going into this, but that's not my life right now, and you know it's cool, like I said on Instagram, and then you you chastise me because I was because it's like this is a team thing, you yeah. know so my primary motivator is yeah I want to do well, but i I don't want to let you down you know what our our uh our destinies are inextricably tethered to each other.
0: Well, and that brings up a good point. It's um, the motivation that you've had over the last six months has been helped knowing that you're working with a teammate, Mm -hmm. right? And it's in a lot of cases with a lot of people listening or just in general with health and fitness is it's hard by yourself. But if you have somebody that you're not necessarily accountable to, but that you're looking forward to doing this with, it might be a really good thing for everybody just to consider what do I need to get myself motivated to Mm -hmm. train more consistently? Maybe a event with a partner or a challenge with a partner because it does help. And as you've probably seen the last few months, whether in Ireland or as you've been traveling or just getting up on some of those hard mornings, where it's like, I gotta do this. I love to do it for myself, but there's a little extra you know, with that Hey, I'm yeah. racing with somebody, right. and I want to do well with them for them as a team.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm excited. I am I'm a little bit scared after today. As we but should be. I think I it's, mean, just, it's ramping up my, my attention, like my sort of focus on what needs to be done between now and then. Yeah,
0: and, and back to what you said with regards to us not winning. I think in a lot of sports, um, it's somewhat, for lack of a better term, disrespectful for us to think that we can just train for nine months and come in there and something we've never done and these people have been training for years right and and on there's this a whole circuit, circuit. Exactly. there's a circuit
1: these guys are doing these races all the time they know exactly what how this stuff works and, and so for us to be say oh
0: we want to get top three or top five or what, whatever the number is i think is not fair to the sport either we mm-hmm. want to make a good showing we want to represent ourselves we want to have fun that's the key thing too and you know just have a great day in a great location at a great adventure i mean that's the that's the Ideal.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. And it ha- it has been fun. I mean, I think it's been a refreshing, you know, reprieve from the grind of triathlon or just ultra running because it is so adventure based. Like we're we're cracking up on the uh, we have Burkle over here, Caroline Burkle. I'm going to bring you on the mic in a second. <laughs> so but we were laughing you know, so hard this <laughs> morning on the dock like trying, you put your wetsuit on
0: backwards first <laughs> and
1: I'm like, "How do I put this pull buoy thing on?" It's like a comedy of errors. Like we're just trying to figure out like how do we do this? You know, yeah. it's like and we're th- Three weeks out, it's like, yeah, we should have probably done this several months ago, or done one of these camps like every month leading up to this to be responsibly prepared. But I know it's what it is, and there's there there is a um, there's something cool about just kind of letting all that go and just being
0: like it is for fun. And um, but keep in mind, all this we've gotten through it healthy, we're not injured, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the hardest part. If you get too tense with this and too focused on a lot of this stuff, especially ultra endurance stuff, this is an eight to nine hour, 10 hour, 11 hour event, you can quickly push yourselves to, to something that you're not familiar with, that mm-hmm. you're getting injured. Yeah. And that's our goal. We wanted to come into this fit, somewhat ready, right? Have fun and be ready to give it our best right. on a on a challenging, hard, Course, i mean this place is notorious for being really hard yeah Um, even the locals say i mean that whole archipelago out there supposedly is just bizarre i mean there's it's just really tough exposed different Mm -hmm. and we're just gonna swim and run across it
1: right so it's it's called uto i think is the town and when we arrive um the day is it the day before the race we take a ferry to this Island is mm-hmm. it? A, it's an island. Yeah, the
0: furthest one when we're mm. starting.
1: Yeah, and then all the all the competitors and everybody associated with the race camps out there, and we're in like tents or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like I still don't even. We're know. We're roughing it. <laughs> yeah, we rough. We have it. a certain feed time uh, for dinner, right? And then it's a four a.m. wake up call, uh. and then we do it. But we're we're sequestered it's not like we're starting in stockholm or something like that
0: like we're just we're out there in the middle of nowhere for this thing yeah we're gonna meet a bunch of great competitors and people and and it's i mean that's just all so unique and it's a different adventure every piece of it like can you imagine at an ironman or an ultra taking every competitor and sequestering them for you know 24 hours prior to the race Uh people be freaking out yeah yeah yeah
1: Speaking of injuries, Burkle, no. get on get on the mic here for a second. Here, slide that over to her for a minute. So we have Caroline Burkle here, who is a uh, former Olympian hey in guys. swimming. let Swam for the University way, right? of Florida, and she had the best intentions of competing at Utaloo with Hillary with With, Uthalo. Uthalo, with uh, I'm going to get How excoriated for it? not saying it right. We need to I'm figure this out. Really hard, you guys. <laughs> I really am. Uh, Caroline was going to be competing with Hillary Biscay, uh, former podcast guest, Ultraman world champion. Um, but due to, uh, Carol- well, Caroline got an injury. You got you have a serious bone fracture in your heel.
2: Yeah. So that calcaneus. opted you out.
1: Mm-hmm. It was the
2: first time I heard uh, the word calcaneus in my life. You know, it's a joke, but yeah, calcaneal stress fracture. And
1: You showed the me the, the x-ray. It's yeah. It's for real.
2: Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. And I didn't know about it until... About six weeks after I did it, apparently. Mm -hmm. So I kept pushing it and running on it, which you just touched on, you know, not being injured and, and being healthy and going through something. This has been the biggest learning lesson for me, just going through something and knowing now how to train versus not logging stuff, not paying attention, just running miles in the mountains without paying attention. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that
1: that Chris is really good about is tempering that desire to ramp up too quickly and being very diligent um, and erring on the side of less is more in terms Mm -hmm. of ramping up the the running in particular to Mm -hmm. avoid just these very scenarios.
2: Well, and it's important too. I mean, obviously none of us have done a race like this, but it's important when you're in a position of endurance training, that you're keeping your strength in these little places of your body that you don't even realize that you need strength in. So I've learned the importance of your feet throughout this process. I'm like (laughs) doing (laughs) towel grabs and like golf ball grabs with my toes and things like that. And Before I would have laughed and scoffed at that. And now it's it's so important. And so never underestimate the power.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well it was a, it was a bummer because we had this whole plan we were going to be all these crazy Americans going over to you know meet this race head on it was going to be you and Hillary and then Hunter McIntyre was uh partnering up with your friend Rory, Rory yeah. right? And then that's not happening either. So yeah, now it's just Chris and I. Injured, so. <laughs> and so now it's just Chris and I. The, the Americans uh, American are Is <laughs> been, you know,
2: but look, diminished. in all seriousness, like you guys, you have said it so many times in this podcast, and I've so far, and I've wanted to say something, but I was really trying to be quiet over here in the corner. However, you guys, you know you nailed it with just not knowing sometimes is best. You may not know the terrain, you may not know the race. And sometimes I feel like going into something with a little bit more of a naive attitude. It's like, think like a child, child, like mine, like when you go into it with an idea and you have a plan and you know, you're fit. And like you said, you have your fitness, it's fun. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you can overthink when you have so much that you're supposed to be knowing and memorizing and all this. I think the the whole fun of it will be like, where are we going, what's going on? Let's talk during this 500 meter dash across.
1: (laughs) No, there's something beautiful about that. You know, it it, it provides that space for just like fun and and joy. Like I remember the first time I did Ultraman, like my crew is my dad, you know, I'm like, this other buddy of mine who had no, like the I, it was like, it's over Thanksgiving weekend, so it was really hard to find people to help you out because everybody has plans. <laughs> and I got this ragtag crew of, of buddies and my dad to come out and, and they, they, like, we didn't know anything, yeah. you know, but that made it super fun, yeah. you know? So I sort of look at this and, if, you know, through a similar lens.
2: And yeah, and you remember that the most. Mm. I mean, sure, other races are awesome and you know, you've got it all going on, but you remember the ones the most that are just like, well, here we go. Uh-huh.
1: And it's cool that even though you have this injury, I mean, you've been walking around in a boot, you're not in the boot anymore, but that you were just game to come up to Tahoe for the weekend, even though you can't run to like do the swim and just kind of hang out. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, I took swimming for granted forever. When I retired from pool swimming and professional swimming, I hated it for so long. And now I absolutely will never again take it for granted just because it is something that no impact for the rest of your life if you can do it. It's incredible. And there's Mm. nothing like a swimming high when you just are done swimming. Even today, that three miles across. I mean, that transition was pretty quick afterwards, guys. (laughs) But, you know, we're all talking and having fun. That was sarcasm, by the way. We're all talking and having fun. And I was just like, you know, you all went off on your run, and I'm standing there at my car, and I was like, that was unbelievable. We just crushed, you know, three miles at 6, 7 a.m., and it felt like 20 seconds of time that just.
0: Although looking over and seeing you backstroke was not fun. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Let's be clear. Caroline
2: was way out front.
1: Yeah, like just for the record, she's way ahead of us. And then she'd roll onto her back and fix her goggles. And I'm like back there going, oh, my God.
2: I looked. I was doing backstroke at one point, and I see you pop your head up and just like start shaking your head at me. I was like, time out. You all have shoes on and a buoy. And I did not. I was totally shoeless. So technically yeah, I had an advantage, you guys were ridiculously crushing. Ridiculously
1: <laughs> fit. Are you one of those people that just never retired and you just stayed fit after it your career? I it took, took a week off. It took a week off. And yeah, I think yeah, I did
2: Pilates yeah. during that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, after that I was like, all right, I signed up for like three Ragnar relays in a span of six months and I was like, Let's do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was lifting every single day still. Well, every other day. But I mean that but then again, you know, we can go on a whole nother topic with that. But maybe a little time off was needed in this mm-hmm. this injury of six to eight weeks. No, it's, I mean, six to eight weeks in the boot, but it's been about 12 since I have run at all, stepped foot even in that direction. But um, I think my adrenals are finally repaired, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it you, you've got to listen to your body. Yeah, this
1: I want to I, I, I do like a sign. whole podcast with you because I want to get like your whole story because it's super interesting. Um, that's not today, but I do want you to tell that story that you told the other last night about the adrenal fatigue yeah, thing.
2: Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's there's a lot to it.
1: <laughs> so with but with the waking up in the middle of the night with the night sweats, sweats and all just that, drenched. I so don't like think your I whole a night swimming it. career, yeah. waking up mm-hmm. in, in the night with. I mean, night I have sweats. photos
2: of my bed sheets just drenched, and I would send them to. We'd send them into the doctors, and I mean, I'm not sitting here. No, I don't want anybody to pity me or anything. It was just one of those things that's alarming, and you don't know, but you got to keep going. You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. you got to keep going. I mean, I guess I did have a choice. I could have said no, but I don't think Greg Troy would have been super stoked with me. (laughs) Clearly, it's an
1: indication of adrenal fatigue. 100%. But you may not even feel tired. Like if that's Mm -hmm. happening, even in your you feel good. Like I'm not overtrained, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's so deep because it's Mm -hmm. years and years and years without, you know, taking the requisite, you know, rest weeks or those down periods that allow your, like your, your base to like reset so Mm -hmm. that you can, you know, have longevity in your career. Mm And, and then so, learning so,
2: how to feel yourself properly to repair those adrenals mm-hmm. is huge.
1: And so having that stress fracture, you said, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but you said the other night, like just the other day was like the first night that you didn't wake up with with bed sweats yeah. and like as long as you can remember.
2: Yeah, about two weeks ago I called my doctor and said, oh my gosh, you know. And he's an herbal, you know, he's, he's an unbelievable um, naturopath. And I was just like, I can't believe it i just woke up without sweating for like three four nights in a row mm-hmm. and it was weird like i i noticed that i woke up without it and it it was exciting but then of course you know you have that athlete mind where you're like well that means i'm not
1: training right
2: but then i had to call you have to calm yourself back down and say this is in two months this is going to be this is going to pay off mm-hmm. like i think it might even be the best thing that ever happened to you ever one hundred percent. You,
1: you would. You're the kind of person who would have just dug your grave and just gr- you know grind it until like 100%. your body just caved in completely.
2: Yeah. If I would have gone one more week on my heel, it would have broken all the way through, and I would have put six pins in it. Yeah,
1: I mean, like the the Dr. image. Doctor was I mean, not happy. <laughs> it is like cracked in half your yeah. heel, like, yeah. and that's just from run. That's insane.
2: Yeah. So, and you know, you, I, I thought I knew my body, and I'm, honor that, and I always have told myself oh you are so in tune with your body and now this is humbling for me mm-hmm. to take a step back and be like maybe i'm not and <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. maybe i need to be real with myself and i think we all have a reminder in that and it your body changes every year and you know i'm not 20 anymore yeah
1: so. and if you take that seriously then then you'll be able to go to a whole different level yeah. i think and you'll have much more longevity and you'll be healthier and you'll just be able to compete with you know joy and without that kind of fatigue like who you know i mean we're from different eras but you know chris and i will both tell you like i i was i slept walk through my you know teens and 20s like i didn't mm-hmm. even know what was going on mm-hmm. you know i was so exhausted all the time yeah
2: yeah and i mean i i think i lost 15 pounds when i was done swimming i didn't know how to do anything for my body all i was doing was cardio no strength training wasn't eating properly wasn't sleeping and I don't think even a year ago I could have made that 3 mile swim without stopping 10 times and wanting to die and today it was just like it felt incredible mm-hmm. you know and I I it was it's there's just something that you know and, and of course like 3 miles 8 years ago would be a laughing stock when yeah. we're doing that for warm up <laughs> but now it's like yeah you know when you're in open water and you're just you just feel incredible so and it it's no easy feat so yeah I think that and also it's taught me a lot we, when we're working with our teen athletes and, and working with them on injuries or overcoming things like that, like I have a whole new respect and a whole new understanding. So it helps me do what I do better mm-hmm. and able to impact that generation to slow down, be patient, listen to your body and learn how to listen to your body. Because, yeah, you the know, key. there's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. distractions now.
0: mean, because... Yeah, here. So now. give it back yeah, to yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah, back, I'm, Mike. Slide it of, back here. You know, well, no,
1: no, no. Because I want to... It's, it's a natural segue anyway because... But
0: it's, an, it's, a, it's hard to learn the signals. Like, we learn the signals in swimming over so many years what to look for. Like, for example, with your heel, that's not really something that you would have noticed because that's I'm not no an idea. injury you would never get swimming so we also it takes a while to learn the different aspects of listening to your body and it's it's very complicated and it's not a perfect science either many people will give you different inputs of what different things mean i mean night sweats you can ask 10 doctors they'll right. give you five different mm-hmm. answers yeah. So and if from anything from nutrition to overtraining to, you know, chronic fatigue, even going mm-hmm. f- that far into the into the hole.
1: Mm-hmm. So in, in the course of your coaching, I mean, triathletes tend to be uh, well-heeled, type A, highly driven personalities and talking them down off that cliff has got to be a challenge when they want to just gun, run and gun.
0: Yeah, um, on the one hand, I don't work with a lot of athletes that aren't willing to understand that. Um, And that means I turn down or after some time, some athletes just aren't willing to do that and we don't work together anymore. But I always quote to them that if you're thinking about getting fit, that'll be the easy part. Like I can get you fit, Mm -hmm. just be patient, we'll get you really fit, fitter than you've ever been before. But if we try to jump the gun on this, your fitness, is, it's never going to materialize, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be in four weeks from now, you're either going to be off the program, not logging your workouts because you feel guilty that you're not logging right. your workouts, right? And you're injured or you're too tired or you can't make it fit. And we talked about this last time. Right. It's like making it all balance as a master's athlete with work and family and life. You just have to be patient because the fitness is building and again to what carolyn just said is that's so many years of swimming and so on that that won't go away like you think mm-hmm. four or five months mm-hmm. right well oh my god it's like gone gone forever the, right two yeah. weeks when we took off two weeks once a year mm-hmm. swimming in germany it was it's like over oh my god like i'm <laughs> gonna need a six month rebuild <laughs> oh, yeah. like you're like what no but it, you it's so deep in your system and sort of what i was alluding to before you took five years of lighter training mm-hmm. and it took you only six months to get back to pretty good fitness that you can walk in or walk out the door and run 34 miles with no real proper buildup now we do have to be careful now the next few days that we don't this is where the Nagels show up in 10 days yeah. what you did on tuesday if we're not smart something will creep up and then you'll be really bummed right, right. 10 days prior so we really got to be careful with this window
1: yeah 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 i mean because this is not the normal protocol we would have built up much more responsibly so they say you can't cram for an event so there's a little bit of a cram here that that ordinarily would not be the program um, but in my experience of working with you one thing that you always do is you just you wait way longer than even i knowing you and knowing how you work like okay i'm ready you know like i'm ready to come on when is the hard work like i'm ready for the harder workouts you're like no 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 not nope, yet you know you got to you got to you got to uh you got to train to train and then you got to train to train and then you got to train and then you train you know yeah. but you if you jump that gun like you just see it all the time people are getting injured
0: injured because the lungs and the
1: cardio like that comes along quick and then you're like i'm i'm good i'm ready to i'm ready to go
0: yeah but your whole body is a fine-tuned machine that everything has to work in sync to do the volume that we're talking about we're not talking about a two-hour workout here we're talking about six, seven, eight hours, mm-hmm. you know, at a time at some pretty high intensities if we're getting ready for a triathlon or, you know, this type of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot on the body and people underestimate just because they feel good today and tomorrow that they're ready mm-hmm. on the, during the weekend or whenever in three, four days to do it again. And no, it takes longer. Yeah. It takes longer. Patience, you know, most, most, I mean, patients in the context of years, right? That's why it's endurance sports. It's a natural filter. If you don't have the patience, the best athletes will not be able to materialize. Mm-hmm. If you're patient and you will get fit and it will blossom more than you ever thought it would be i mean some of the signs that i always talk about with regards to fitness is when you finish a half ironman or an ironman and you recover in 10 to 12 days and you're excited to train again and you're ready to go that's a sign of fitness Mm -hmm. right not that i'm going to let them train right away but they're that quickly recovered they're not sore for weeks or they're not not um low energy for weeks they're not walking around and needing sleep and so on for weeks they're just popping right back and that's real deep fitness it's the awareness yeah the awareness that's right
1: so right before this little jaunt up here you were in boulder and you were at the endurance coaches conference yeah yeah so i'm coach. interested It. In, we talked a little bit about the other day but i'm interested kind of in what's going on in that community like what are the coaches talking about what's mm-hmm. new what's tried and true like what is your relationship to that you know you're situation putting, he's
0: putting me right on the spot no i don't, no, to I don't want to talk about anything
1: you're not comfortable talking about but no it's, it's,
0: it's, it's you know i think a lot of
1: people listening to this are i I need a coach how do i find a coach who are the coaches they're looking they're poking around the internet
0: what's available well that's a different question with regards to finding a coach because i get a lot of those questions too um but from a bolder standpoint i did not really take part because i really like to stay an outsider and i talked to two or three coaches up there that i know and i'm good friends with and they're very similar They like to stay on the outside. I like to learn from different sports, my own activities, a lot of reading, a lot of input. Um, I don't like to, for lack of a better better description, conform to these rules of how to teach triathlon, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think after 20 years of coaching this and sort of keeping those athletes healthy, motivated, athletes coming back years later saying, man, I never felt as fit and healthy and non-injured as I did back those years. Now they can't train like that anymore with kids and life and so on, but that's the that's the compliment to me, that Mm -hmm. they love that time, that they use that window in their time of life to get fit and healthy and carry that for years and years forward, right? Mm -hmm. And maintain some sort of healthy and fit lifestyle. But yeah, no, I didn't really uh, partake in the festivities in Boulder.
1: Okay, so in the reading, like you said you know you try to get your information from re- you're you're trying to stay up on what's going on like has there been anything that you've come across in the last you know year or two that's altered your perspective or that you've incorporated into your training that's
0: different from maybe what you were doing four or five years ago um like has it evolved question. or do you just um it's definitely evolved um especially from a nutrition standpoint it's evolved um from a recovery standpoint and even more the need of recovery and sleep and how we're um Doing our macro cycles versus uh, the intensities that we're training, and also the importance of really separating athletes that they do not fit any type of plan, which mm-hmm. is back to the whole coaching. The, according to conformed plans right? right here's your plan This exactly is what you do. It, it, it i found that no two athletes are the same and one person with a little bit of intensity and a lot of endurance does great and that same person that looks the same has trained the same has the same background blows up with that mm-hmm. you know and it's just a lot of listening it's a lot of communicating and then you know a lot of my athletes will laugh when they hear this but it's also a lot of saying you know what don't overthink it. You've got to get in these next six months mm-hmm. because we've got to build that platform properly. And then we can start messing around with different types of training because then you're ready. Cool. All
1: right. Well, let's, uh, let's close this thing down. What do we got going tomorrow?
0: We have a two-hour trail run. We're going to head up to the uh-huh. Pacific Crest, which is absolutely gorgeous.
1: What's the elevation up there?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, we're going to go <laughs> start about 8,000 feet. Oh, my God. And we're going go to go up. Six isn't enough. Yeah. But it's just so pretty. You have to see it. I know. And I'm so gonna, shellacked right now. The idea of doing a 14-mile run at like 8,000 feet Well, tomorrow, it won't be 14 miles at, okay. at, on trails as well as with that elevation as well. It's just it's too hard to do that. You, it'll probably be 11 to 12 when mm-hmm. I mean, you get in six miles an hour when you're well, we're doing on these on in stairs. our shorts right we're not yes. doing this no. in a wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> but we will start that would definitely m- get some looks up there if yes you did and a swim you know, cap. yeah <laughs> and that. people think we're gonna fly off that ridge yeah. and then uh we'll start with a swim in the morning nice long stretch out swim full-on just recovery we'll swim backstroke and we'll make her do like butterfly or something right we're gonna have to yeah <laughs>
1: And then when we get back, like we've been training in the, the biggest paddles available, and we're yeah. going to step it down to some smaller ones, exactly. which I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I felt that today oh, every man. single yeah. time.
1: I didn't think I would. I mean, someone in a pool, I just crank with paddles. Like I didn't mm-hmm. expect to feel that like lactic acid up in the shoulders protein, and the lats yeah. like yeah. that. Cool, man. Well, I'm psyched to be here. 48-hour training camp. This is great,
0: man. We should do more of these. Yeah, these quick in, quick out. Let's just choose destinations around the country. I got
1: a five o'clock flight. What are we doing tomorrow? We'll get back down to Sacramento. We're all going home. Yeah. Cool. We're
2: planning Catalina,
1: too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of plans happening. (laughs) We'll see what happens. You know? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just get through this race, you know, (laughs) first. And then we'll talk about what comes after. (laughs) Caroline. Okay. And Caroline, will you come back and and do the podcast with me properly? And we'll, we'll tell your whole story. 100% awesome cool all right thanks you guys let's try to do one more maybe like when we're in stockholm right before the race certainly after if time
0: permitting or whatever yeah post race download yeah (laughs) we definitely have to do that people's gonna be stories to tell for sure whatever happens so anyway
1: all right thanks you guys appreciate it All right, we did it, short but sweet. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm interested in your feedback on these coaches' corners. I'm really enjoying doing them. You guys seem to be enjoying them. I think it's cool to kind of expand out of my typical format, branch out a little bit. So send me a little feedback. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm just at Rich Roll in most places, pretty easy to find. For more on Chris, go to AIMPcoaching.com or at AIMPcoach on Twitter uh, Chris has also been on the show on the podcast many, many times in the past, uh, all the way back to episode 21, also episode 256. We've done a couple coaches corners. Um, there was a Skype interview in episode 285, uh, with Louis Cole. And then again on episode 297, it's all searchable on my site. Uh, for more on Burks, go to riseeliteathletes.com. That's her website, her coaching mentoring website. Uh, and you can also find her on Instagram at, at, Caro Burkle, C-A-R-O-B-U-R-C-K-L-E. Don't forget that C. Uh, She's got a great Instagram account. Totally inspiring. I would definitely uh, follow her there. Check it out. If you'd like to support this show and my work, share it with your friends and on social media. Leave a review on iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Basic stuff, you guys. We also have a Patreon set up uh, for people who would like to support my work financially. And many of you have done that. That's amazing, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Every week, I send out a free weekly, I'm laughing again. If you listen to my Aubrey Marcus podcast, then you know why I'm laughing. It's been three weeks since I've sent out my roll call email. I'm doing it today, though. It's going to go out tomorrow, I promise you guys. In any event, in general, I send out, at least in principle, a free short weekly email every Thursday called Roll Call, five or six things I stumbled across over the course of the week couple articles that i've read maybe a documentary i watched a new product that i'm enjoying just good stuff no affiliate links not trying to make any money not trying to spam you uh that's it uh and it has been a couple weeks since i sent one out i guess you can call it a little bit of a summer vacation but i'm back at it uh this week so if that interests you you can just sign up for it it's free again uh just enter your email address on my website in all of those little windows where you can uh where you can throw it up there. Also, I wanna remind you guys, I don't wanna lose momentum on this. Uh, In the wake of my podcast with Scott Harrison, the founder of Charity Water, I've been talking a lot about this uh, monthly subscription service that they have called The Spring. I put the call out to you guys, you guys responded, uh, and in short shrift, we've already raised enough money to build four wells. And my company is contributing one well annually, so that makes almost five wells this year that this little podcast has uh manifested which is amazing but I think we can make it 10. I think it's uh I think it's pretty doable. Most of you guys have an extra 20 bucks, 30 bucks laying around uh that you can donate each month for just, you know, what is really an extraordinary life-changing payoff. So I want you guys to all really think about the impact that you can have, especially when we feel disenfranchised like we can't make a difference, that we have no voice. This is a very potent very real, very tangible thing that you can do for not a lot of money that can really have a profound impact for generations to come on not just an individual, but a village, a village of people, imagine that. And imagine how amazing it'll make you feel when you know that you've made that impact. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Make a donation to Charity Water via The Spring, which is their monthly subscription service. To learn more about it and to join, I want you to go to this very specific URL. It's CWTR.org forward slash Rich CWTR.org forward slash Rich uh, That way, if you use that URL, they can track all the traffic that's coming in to them from uh, this show. And we can uh, you know, figure out what's working and what's not. I'll also put this link up in the show notes uh, on my website. And thank you very much. Uh, and while I'm thanking people, I want to thank everybody who helped put on the show today. Jason Camiello for audio engineering and production and show notes and all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Sean Patterson for help on graphics. He also puts together the roll call email and the weekly podcast update email, everything having to do with graphics and fonts and stuff like that. That's Sean. And theme music, as always, by Anolema. Thanks for the love you guys. See you back here in a couple of days. Till then, have a great week. Peace, plants. And as Julie would say, namaste.